0: Nobody ever dies alone. We are always, always, always protected and guided. There was a loved one, an ancestor, an angel, someone that's watching over us. So I know there was a lot of people that passed in the pandemic or during COVID that were alone in hospital, and it was so terrible and sad, but I promise you they were not alone, and that it is the most beautiful, love, literally light-filled experience.
1: Welcome to Conversations with Claire, I'm your host, Claire Bates. I'm a movement, nutrition, and mindset coach through my app, Wellness with Claire. Podcast host, coach at The Collective in Austin, Texas, sober alcoholic, brand builder, and competitive hybrid athlete. I've created this podcast to share inspiring stories and have meaningful conversations in hopes that we can create community together to learn and grow. Oh and I hope to make you laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Conversations with Claire. Let's talk about coaching and how to get from where you are now to where you want to be. Wellness with Claire is my very own coaching platform where I offer personalized meal plans, personalized workout plans based on your goals, accountability through community, and weekly group coaching calls, mindset coaching, and tracking features for results. I also offer one-on-one coaching, which gives you full app access, direct access to me via WhatsApp, and 100% accountability with me, including weekly video calls. Wellness is a mental, physical, and spiritual experience. The system works together as a whole, and I'm here to help you live in alignment with your principles and values and actualize a quality of life beyond your current dreams. Check the show notes or the links and bios on socials to find more information about how to get involved with Wellness with Claire today. Guys, today my guest is Anna Grace AG, Anna Grace Newell. She is a digital creator. She's an alum of the University of Arkansas with an education in PR, public relations, advertising, and communications. Yes, girl. I'm going to see if I can say this right. You were a member of Tridel. Did I say it right? Yes. Look at me go. (laughs) I love that you found this information. (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving them context. They need to know who you are. (laughs) And that's a part of you. Let's see here, even though it was a little while back. Then we have your work history. You were assistant store manager at Free People marketing and PR coordinator at how m- I'm going to say Savoir Faire. Savoir
0: Faire. Savoir yes.
1: Fair, And then you have definitely done some wardrobe styling and now you are all in on being a content creator. You are now a podcaster over at AG University. And then for me, I have to make the note of like the other title that I call you when I refer to you is uh, just like a rainbow unicorn of a human. That's how I describe you to a T.
0: Thank you. That's the best compliment. That's the only description really that matters. All the other bullshit, just throw it out. No. <laughs> She's just a unicorn.
1: <laughs> That's all we need. And rainbow though. Include the rainbow. That actually reminds me, I'll do this real quick. And then I'm gonna ask about you. This is a funny story that whenever I was uh, early in sobriety and in a meeting and one of the guys, he's kind of like this like Eeyore, right? And he's always wearing black and he's always Eeyore. And we love him. We love him. So one time this girl's talking about sobriety and how you develop wings in sobriety and things like that. And so the rest of the time in true human fashion, I'm now thinking about myself for the remainder of the time. And I'm thinking about my wings. And so afterwards I'm talking to a group and he's in the group and I'm like, yeah, so, all right, guys, I was thinking about my wings. And sometimes I think that my wings are black because I'm like a bad bitch, right? But then sometimes I think my wings are like rainbows. And Eeyore, love him, looks at me and goes, Claire, your wings are sparkly rainbows. (laughs) It's like the be- I'll never forget it. You're like, <laughs> yes, thank, thank you. you. Yes, any It was so good. Anyway, okay. Enough about me. So, hi.
0: Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I always give context at the beginning if we've met before and how we met and whatnot. And we have actually never met. I simply just cold called your ass on Instagram. (laughs) I love it.
0: That's my favorite kind of way to meet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's such a cool connector. I definitely being new to the creation space. It's been such a cool gift of it to be able to connect with people like you that I've been following along with you for a few years or at least a couple of years now. And so to now get to like connect with you is just a really cool gift of it. So yes. Okay. So tell me about AG. I said all of those things that you did, but give the listener a little bit of a backstory. Where did we come from? How did we get here? We'll get into the weeds of it in a moment, but let's get a, let's get
0: a snapshot. Okay. Snapshot. My snapshot is honestly, it's action packed. And I love that you, I love that you found that information. That was my true places of starting, but just to bring you guys up to speed. Currently I'm 29. I'll be 30 in July, actually. 30 is great. Do you have plans? Honestly, we're going to go on a trip somewhere. I told Austin, the only thing that I want to do is I want to swim naked in the ocean, like a free bird. That's all I want to do. I want to go to like the Bahamas or somewhere and just kick around. I don't know. It just feels very liberating. I'm ready for 30. 30, flirty, and thriving. (laughs) I call it 30 thriving. Yeah. I'm about to turn 31. I turned 30 last year and it was 20s turbulent, 30s thriving. Here for it. I'm so excited. Your 20s, they're so much harder than people give us credit for when you were in them. You're like, 20s are just confusing. And now that I'm entering 30, I'm like, oh, yes, this feels good and grounded and yummy. So just to give you guys a little of uh, context as to where I am currently. So when we throw it back to my University of Arkansas days, there's probably a mass majority of people that don't even know that I went to Arkansas because they've been following me for like, I don't know, the last five years or so. Every time I post that, they're like, I had no idea you went to Arkansas. I'm like, it is kind of a random time in my life, but also an important time of my life because when I was at Arkansas, obviously it was a journalism major. My mom and my sister went there and I was always like, I don't even know if I want to go to college, but my family was like, you should, I always knew I was going to start my own business or brand of sorts, but I didn't know what that looked like. And this was at the very beginning of Instagram content creation. I didn't learn about that until like my senior year of college and I was working at the store you mentioned, Savoir Fair. And I started off as a STEAM girl. And by the time I graduated, that was my sophomore year. By the time I graduated, I was their director of marketing. So I was doing content creation outreach for bloggers and brands for our little cutie boutique in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, these women are getting paid to wear clothes. What? I had always been into fashion my whole life. like Back to when I was like seven years old, I made a line of clothing for my Beanie Babies like forever. Forever my first love was fashion. So it was always there. And when I discovered people were doing that, I said, hold up, I can do that. I'm going to start a blog, says everyone. And, you know, circa 2000, whenever that was like 16, 2015, 16, I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a blog. It's gonna be so cute and fun. And this is gonna be so easy. Plot twist. It was a bit more work than I originally fantasized in my mind, but was the best thing that ever came out of my experience at Arkansas, because I really, I can say I didn't really do a whole lot with my <laughs> Actually, maybe I kind of did with my journalism degree because I do write on my blog and I am in the future in the process of writing a book. So there's some writing happening, but the career in fashion and styling was what started there. And I went on to work for Urban Outfitters and Free People on the corporate side. I was doing social media for the Southeast District back when Free People was divided into districts. So I was running the Southeast Social Media, eventually consolidated. And that position went away, went on to become a fashion editor at a magazine in Memphis and then someone called me from Nashville i really hadn't been to nashville in years cuz it wasn't like what it was now at this point it wasn't the place to be now it is literally the place to be i was there last week oh <laughs> so um, <laughs> someone calls me and says hey we've seen your styling and print and and i was kind of at this point doing a lot and i was also doing it on my personal page cuz that was how my instagram really got started i was like it's a portfolio for my styling career someone calls me says hey we want you to come and style this musician we like how Pretty much they loved how different and out there that I was with my styling versus in Memphis, they were looking for something a little bit more traditional at the fashion magazine, which was okay. But I was like, I went to Nashville and they're like, we love it. We want weirder. We want feather boa. We want crazy. And I was like, this is me. This is my time. Within, I'm not kidding, two weeks, I had quit my job in Memphis, sold all my stuff, broke up with my long-term boyfriend, said, I'm moving to Nashville, mom and dad. My parents were like, everyone was like, what? Do you even have a plan? I had no plan. I had no income. The money that I had was about, I think it was a couple thousand dollars because I had sold all my stuff and maybe saved like a grand because I was working just doing all these random odd jobs. And my parents were so, they wanted me to stay in Memphis. They were like, okay, well, if you leave, you're cut off. Cause I was living at home with them. They're like, you're done. My support was just, I got to live at home for free. So they're like, okay, you're officially, you're on your own. I was like 23 at this point. Anyways, moved to Nashville. I do all of the odd jobs. I'm working as a high-end shoe model. I always tell people because I have really small feet. I was working as a designer shoe model. I worked for Bumble on the networking brand side, Bumble BFF, doing BFF events, which is actually how I met a lot of people because I didn't know anyone. And I started doing music video and wardrobe styling for entertainment in the entertainment industry in Nashville, which then led me to connecting with reality TV, which is how obviously Shannon is my best friend. That's how we got connected. So I was just doing it all. <laughs> Literally, I was working every job, but it was such a fun, magical time of my life. But as similar, or I don't know 100% of the back end of your story, but we'll kind of go there. But I was just living in this entertainment party scene, you know, taking out all taking Vibes, doing all the things, which led me to have this crazy near-death experience, which I touch on in the first episode of my podcast that was really me sharing this really out of body near death experience that I had just being over prescribed medications and mixing things. And it was an accidental situation, but it was the biggest blessing in disguise because now I run AG university, which is my podcast. And it is a school all about intuition. And since the near death experience, the crazy part was that I came back and I'm a clairvoyant medium now. So I do energy work along with fashion styling. So I am a fashion, but I do believe fashion is energetic too. You know, there's something to it. Clothes can really elevate our energy. We can talk Absolutely. About that yeah. I was doing fashion styling, but then I kind of shifted into doing readings for these people. So I was doing influencer and reality TV energy readings, and I connect people with their soul's purpose. I like to guide them to look at some areas that are maybe holding them back. That's mm-hmm. the slippery, sneaky, fears that are hidden, running on the subconscious loop that we sometimes can't identify why am I stuck. Mm -hmm. That's where I come in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to be a little bossy for a minute, but I'm going to say like, why are you doing this, this, you know? And then we can talk about some soul's purpose stuff and energy that we want to move into and do some clearing, some intuition activation. So it's been a wild ride. That's a wild elevator pitch I just gave you, <laughs> girl, it's so
1: cool though. and i I mean, it is relatable. Like you literally won at twenty three, you decided to be like, you know what? This is where I feel called to be, so I'm gonna go do this thing. and just like good on you because you didn't allow fear to hold you back in that situation. And mind you, you didn't have all of the solutions, but you just took the leap, figured it out. And then you went and took all these roles, which allowed you the opportunity to meet these people. like you said, like there's just so much power in that of like, If it feels like it aligns with you, maybe do the thing. And I love to play out the what if worst case, right? Which I mean, like, I'm always like an optimistic person. You're like, wait, what? But really with those things, it's like, so play out your worst case there of you go move to Nashville and it just flops on its face. Because I've had to like explain myself to my family many times when I decide to go do new things. I'm really good at starting new things, getting them successful, and then being like, all right, peace. Um, So... (laughs) Um, with them, like, they're always like just getting whiplash of like, what's she up to next? <laughs> Same. <laughs> and Same. yeah. And so I'm like, well, even if the worst case scenario does occur with it, like I'm fine. And that seems to like really work for me. And it maybe hopefully provides them some peace of mind. I'm sorry guys, but we're here still. So anyway, okay. So you go and do that. I do want to kind of actually get a little bit into, I know that you talked about it on your, your first episode. So for anyone that's listening that wants more in depth, they like, I'm going to tell you to go listen to her podcast anyway, just because I just, um, I love her, but you can get more of that there. But you talked about being, you know, this prescription drug experience and stuff. And I just like being that that stuff is really near and dear to me. I mean, it's something that impacts a lot of people. It, so with the near death experience, that was a, am I correct? And you had a heart attack? Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that okay to kind of go there yes. a little bit? Yes, okay. absolutely. So that's terrifying. And you're literally in your 20s. And so can you just kind of spend a little bit of time there before we bebop off to some fun stuff? Because we got to figure out like, how'd we get here?
0: Yes, absolutely. So as we, obviously I'm a highly creative person. I believe i would always been super intuitive. I w- even as a little kid, my dad said, you always were just the imagination and the vision. And I told my dad, I was very prophetic. And I believe as children, they're so highly in tune. Even if you have maybe someone listening has a child who says like, Oh, I'm seeing, you know, fairies or dancing unicorns or whatever, just let them live in that world. Because there is this magical place where I feel kids are so connected to just energy. And we as adults, we start just slowly shutting it off. And turning it off. And I believe we are all highly intuitive creatures and we all can sense and feel energy. And so I really, really feel that was my true essence. But as a student in the traditional schooling system, I was not an ideal situation because teachers would be like, oh, we love Anna Grace. The kids love her. She's so sweet to everyone, but she's literally always staring out the window. She's in la la land. I always was getting, you know, bad marks on time management, paying attention Da da da. And my parents, just being the sweet parents they are, wanted me to succeed. And so I started getting prescribed Vivance at age four, this was like age 14, because in high school, I was really struggling. But here's the thing. I was smart. I was bright. I was just not interested. I was just different. And I just want to reiterate to anyone that was prescribed anything, like, you're not broken. Doctors told me I would never be able to do anything without medication, blah, blah, blah. Here I am today. Living, medication, everything, 100% sober, thriving. Business has never been better. So there is hope for everyone. I promise. I was the most off the wall. They said, you know, ADD, ADHD, all the things. I don't even really identify with those terms too much anymore because I'm like, you know what? I think it's just me. I think my brain is just different and that's okay. I'm just highly creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am. And it's what makes me successful. So I embrace it. So I started taking medication. And I was prescribed very, very on the high end because I was, you know, what they thought was a more needed case. Yes. That's a good (laughs) word to say. it. So I'm taking a lot of, you know, Adderall and Vyvanse. I had multiple prescriptions by the time I was in college. Cause you know, it's like, you kind of keep getting bumped up. So from age 14 to 25, I was, you know, the 24 to 25 range was when I was starting to be like, what am I doing? Because along with taking Adderall and Vivance, all these stimulants, I felt all of I just felt so emotionally numbed by everything. But then I was mixing in, you know, this grind culture, trying to start a career, but also working in the entertainment inter- industry and, you know, taking Vivance to get going in the morning and to work, you know, 14-hour shifts as a stylist and then drinking at night to kind of come down and get calm and you know, relaxed and all of these things just created this really toxic cycle on top of not eating, not fueling my body, not drinking enough water, not sleeping enough. It was really just this conglomerate of factors along with the, when I first started taking the medication, you know, it's an appetite suppressant. And so I lost, you know, I would say like 10 or 15 pounds. I've never been overweight, but it was enough to where I was highly praised like, oh my gosh, you look so good. And, you know, my little high school self was like, okay, my new identity is that in order to receive compliment, praise, and love, I must starve myself, right? I must not eat. And really, the Adderall and Vyvanse, towards the end, I was abusing it because I didn't want to get off of it because, oh, I can take this pill and do all this work and not eat. And it really fed this disordered eating behavior that really got ugly. And that's how I Believe this heart attack situation came into play. So it's a lot of factors. I just want to also preface if anyone's on medication and it works for you, awesome. I knew it didn't work for me and I was abusing it. So there is a difference of what resonates and what feels good for people. So I knew at that point I should stop taking it and I had gotten the universe whispers until it shouts. I had been getting signs I was having weird health issues, like my legs would go numb, like the circulation was really bad. Things were weird and off, but I didn't care. And I needed to be pretty much. And the snowball
1: was rolling,
0: you know, Ball like was you long. was
1: so in motion that it was normal to not feel normal. You know, once you've gotten so far, like you don't know what being in tune feels like anymore. You don't know what, I mean, at least in my experience, it certainly was like sobriety was such a far cry from my reality and, and being able to be in tune with anything that I thought independently, like I just didn't spend time there. So yeah, you become very out of touch and unintentionally. And, it, and it's not because you're bad, you know?
0: No, yeah. it's just, it's just so easy to stay in this cycle. And, and I, I tell everyone all the time, I laugh that I was very, I, I didn't even know about spirituality. I was not spiritual at all. I didn't know about energy. I didn't know about any of these things that I was struggling with, but I just thought, you know, I had horrific inner self-talk. There was just a lot of just crippling things just on top of taking this medication that just allowed for more ruminating thoughts you know because you're just like on speed it was like speeding up this negative inner dialogue so i was just stuck in this hamster wheel cycle didn't have any vocabulary or spiritual information i was honestly just existing i always tell everyone i was a zero i didn't didn't know what the big picture was it was just my life that was all i could see and I'm so sad for that version of self because I really was like, I tell people, I mean, I was like an atheist, which I hate to say that now because like God in the universe, like I can tell you guys after this experience is real. I was like, you walk around saying you don't believe long enough. You'll get struck by lightning. That's literally the joke that I always make. Cause I literally died. It was sucked out of my body. I was on an airplane. And I like, if you guys are interested in the near death experience conversation, I do like a 45 minute in depth on my podcast, but for the sake of this conversation, I'll give the highlight, but And this massive, literal suck out of my body, I knew something was horribly wrong. I remember calling for, I was on an airplane, waking the guy up beside me saying, something is so wrong with me. I am so scared. I need you to get, I need help now. Like I just knew, I literally felt like I was about to leap out of my body. I always tell people, it's like this, the feeling when you're about to like projectile vomit, you know, this urgency of just like, oh my God, oh my God, what is happening? Like my shins were sweating, everything, I was sweating and I was terrified and I was just in my, yeah, I'm like 25 years old. What? And so anyways, I have this massive suck out of my body. I'm hovering over my body, this out of body near death experience. And it was the first time that I saw the most beautiful, like dancing light. It was this jelly orb light. And I knew, I knew, even though I didn't believe in God or angels or anything, I knew it was an angel. And I was immediately not scared. I was, I knew everything was going to be okay. I felt the most overwhelming omnipresent experience of love and this like euphoric, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I remember being like, I do not want to go back to being her. Oh my gosh. But I had this perspective of Anna Grace, you did this to yourself. Nobody did this to you. You got yourself in the situation and you've got to get yourself out of the situation. And just looking at this person being like, oh my gosh, it's so hard and heavy and clunky and just being there in that energy. And I had this Perspective, and I received some other information too as to what I was going to come back and do because I was like, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and you know, this energy I'm seeing is like, okay, well, it's not your time. You've got to go back, and, and that is the the best information I will tell people. Anybody and every single human on this planet, nobody ever dies alone. We are always, always, always protected and guided. There is a loved one, an ancestor, an angel, someone that's watching over us. So I know there was a lot of people that passed in the pandemic or during COVID that were alone in hospital and it was so terrible and sad, but I promise you they were not alone and that it is the most beautiful, love, literally light-filled experience. And just to bring comfort to maybe someone who lost a loved one during that time. But I did, the, the my greatest takeaway, I got you know some information for myself as to how I was going to come back and help people who have experienced something similar to me but I knew that I was going to be completely fine health wise. Like, yes, having a heart attack is terrifying, but I was going to be okay. I knew that. And, um, I saw literally this like grid that covered our entire planet. And I was shown how we were literally energetically all connected to each other. Like I, I understood in that moment, how if we are hateful toward another person, we're poisoning our own well, right? We are all one. We are all connected. We all come from the same energy grid. It's like, We were a tree, and then all of us little humans, we were all leaves on the same tree. Like, we are so connected. And I understood in that moment, like, oh my gosh, there is such a bigger picture at play. My life is so, so small in the grand scheme of how big this energy is, and how loving and how amazing it could be. But I just had completely turned everything off. And like I said, it was only me that did it. So, I have this experience, which I always tell people the interesting thing is it probably lasted all of about 10, 15, 20 seconds, but felt like hours Mm -hmm. also. Anyone who's done some drugs could probably relate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Seconds feeling like hours. Totally. I mean, it was, it was, I tell people it was a blip, Mm -hmm. but nothing in my life going forward was ever the same. I literally was living a completely different life after that. I mean, went through a, you know, just this crazy spiritual awakening. And oh my gosh, I mean, there was times where I was like, am I crazy? (laughs) Like, what? Because I did not believe really in anything. And then I saw, you know, these beautiful light beings. And I'm like, oh my gosh, angels are real. Everything's real. I believe now. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was a hater before, but (laughs) now I believe. Yeah, It sent me on this holistic healing journey. And obviously, I'm also sober now. And I do energy work and I work with these beautiful angels. That's my practice is in the Akashic Records. I always say I do angel readings for people that aren't familiar with Akashic Records. And it's just been really cool that I got another chance to literally lead a completely different life. But I am so fortunate for where I was before because I understand and I really can relate to people who maybe who aren't into spirituality or who don't believe or who, you know, have been prescribed Adderall. And, you know, any situation now, I understand that I can connect and relate to those people, even though I am so far removed from that lifestyle and that version of me. I'm so grateful that it happened because people write me all the time being like, I also had a heart attack at 22. This happened to me. I was overprescribed Adderall or I was overprescribed something. And then you just get into this cycle and they're like, I want to stop taking it. Like, you know, your story found me at the exact Moment when I needed to hear it. So, you know, it's just been really cool how everything has played out, and definitely never in my wildest dreams did I think this would be my life, but it is. Yeah. And it's a gift.
1: I think it's so cool. You talk about the grid, and of course, I have thankfully never had a heart attack. And so, this specific experience is not one that I've had. But what I think about when I think about the interconnectedness that you're referring to and things like that are a couple of things. So, one, when it comes to substances, you know, for me, I was using them to numb myself. I just was overwhelmed with life and did not know how to cope. And it was a coping mechanism that I had been given at a young age and it worked until it didn't. And then it created a lot of problems. And so one of the things with that is you don't get to selectively numb, right? And so I was trying to quiet out the overwhelm, the anxiety, the fear, the me need you to love me, the whatever, you know, to oh, this will help me be more fun and then we'll be good because you'll think I'm fun and I just need your approval and all that stuff. You don't get to selectively do it. And that was what I discovered over time through experience was I also don't get to feel all the good stuff. I don't get to have that awareness. And so one of the cool things whenever I got sober and got involved in a community that could support me with that was that the interconnectedness that you're referring to and how you got there is so very different from my experience of how I got there but it's so relatable in how much I agree with you as far as like I was taught about how being of service and connecting to other individuals and trying to see them and hold space for them and things is going to be the most rewarding, most peaceful existence that I can have. And I didn't previously have awareness of that until I experienced enough pain through my own (laughs) decisions to get there to be like, whoa, wait a second. Okay. This self-serving behavior is like really bad. And I've got to figure out how to get out of this situation. So all different storyline to arrival point, and then even different experience about how it all occurred. But nonetheless, all of the sudden, this spiritual awakening occurs. And then you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Yeah, we're all in this thing together. And I had better get busy trying to figure out how to love myself. And I'd better get busy trying to figure out how to love you and, um, and hold space for all of us, including me. So I just think it's cool because it, it's like, yours is, is more abstract than I think that most people are maybe willing to speak about when you say this jelly, all of that, like it's, it's abstract. And so it will be hard for people to like, we live in a material world where like I have a book, you know? And like, Mm -hmm. so it's, it's hard to kind of actualize that when it, but at the end of the day, it is abstract and being abstract is like perfectly okay. I think that that's one of the biggest resistance points with spirituality is this like deep desire to like have it be tangible and be able to like hold in our hands and see a perfect image of what it is supposed to be. And at the end of the day, like at least for me, I'm not getting any sort of perfect image. And I don't, I thankfully don't feel like I
0: need one in order to feel like it's real, you know? Right. Oh, 100%. And that's why I always love to tell people that I come from such extremes of being not not even literally knowing the term spirituality had never, you know, came up in a stricter religious background that that I always really wanted to connect. I wanted to believe in God. I loved that people went to church. I thought it was so beautiful, but it just didn't, I just couldn't feel it. It didn't make sense, you know? And I understand how sometimes we need to see things in order to believe, which is the irony that I literally did. <laughs> you know, I was literally sucked out of my body. They're like, this is the only way we're going to get through to her. (laughs) Shake (laughs) her up a little bit. Um, But that I can share this experience with people because it's all really about the feeling, how you said, it's like some people don't need to see, some people don't need, some people can just feel or experience God in the present moment, nature, the universe, whatever it is, it's all just staying in this energy of feeling good and feeling connected and understanding that we come here to heal ourselves and help heal others. It's this like beautiful, symbiotic, healing, loving relationship. And I truly believe everybody here has a purpose. Everybody here has a purpose. Even if you're like, I haven't found my purpose. I don't know what my purpose is. Anyone listening is like, what is my purpose? I promise you, you were here for a reason. Every single person has a reason. And that to me is just so beautiful that we're all like this. We're just all pieces of this beautiful puzzle. And we're all here to help each other and to do things to support each other, And the moment that you have that awakening, the more you can have so much compassion for someone before who maybe really pissed you off or was annoying or frustrating or whatever it is, but you understand they just are needing my love. They just need my attention. They just need my help. They just need something. Everyone has these needs and they don't know how to voice them. But once you have that awareness, we have this compassion. And when we can be that compassionate and loving towards people, that will really change their experience going forward. Like we really can make a difference. I truly believe. I mean, do I believe I am the answer to the world's problems? No. But I do believe that just being me every day and choosing love and my intention is always love, that I can continue spreading that. And that's a ripple effect. You know, it is. Especially what you're doing, everything you're saying and your podcast. It's it's helping people. And then they can go forward and pay it forward. And it's just, it's just so cool where the interconnectedness piece, just I just want to like hug and squeeze and love everyone. And I'm like, oh, I wish you could. I wish you could see what I see, but in the meantime, I'll just explain it to you and and tell you and and then there are people who are just like I feel it. I don't even have to see it. I just I feel that and I understand and like I believe it. And I'm like, as long as I feel you stay open and curious and just dabble in that energy and just see what happens, the rest is magic and it'll just flow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's um like if you could see what I could see, you know, and with that like. We're always our worst judge. And it requires, like I feel in my experience, it requires other people. Like like I've been, uh, so on on my journey of sobriety and and healing, which by the way, I'm coming up on two years. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It's this month. I'm so excited. I'm going to go see Chris Stapleton on that day. So, Um, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So anyway, with that, I did all of this healing with the help of others, but also kind of like uh, folks on me, you know, whatever when my boyfriend got into the picture the amount of love that that human holds for me is so different that like it has unlocked so much more so many more layers of healing that i didn't know you know i had done so much healing work i had come so far truly and as you know and, and that that you can do that without a partner right you can come so far and all of that is beautiful as well but then all of these unlocks that have occurred now with him involved where he's just able to like love me so well to help me love me too is extremely powerful. And then I just think about, you know, like with, if you can only see you the way that I see you, we are all our own worst judge. It's, I mean, I certainly coach clients with nutrition and movement and things like that. And one of the things that I do with women so often is just this like piece of our morning routine that has been baked in since some point, childhood, whatever, where we started to judge ourselves and we're imperfect. And so now we just really focus on that part of our body that we're not pleased with, that we wish was different, whatever, and totally subconsciously. And so for me last year, one of the things that I started to do that has been helpful that I coach clients to do is like, before you go to get in the shower, to go look in the mirror, to see yourself naked and whatever thing that you your higher power to remove that from you and understand that in order for you to be of maximum service to yourself and to others, that has got to go. That has no place here. And so like, that's something that I literally do with myself of me going in here and judging and picking apart myself in the mirror is not going to make me be a better coach a better partner, a better friend, a better daughter—any of those things—it's only blocking me from those things, and so I need to do my work that I can do of working against, or you know, working against that. This kind of pivoted, but I'm I'm happy that it did because it's just real. So I do want to go into so this occurs, and at this time, because this is like a life shift. You said your life, your life was never the same. So. What are some like practical tangibles that you actually started to implement? You have this experience. You went from atheist to spiritual, but I have no literal idea. And we know now that you do all of this coaching work, which is so incredible. And I can't wait to follow up with you on like doing some of it. But where did we start to step from there? We step off of the plane
0: and what? Oh, gosh. I know because it is so interesting being able to tell the story now, because obviously I'm 29 i mom was 30. So it's been a few years, but obviously this still was a progression, but I had the immediate clarity that I knew it was going to be okay. But I knew I had to get off of, I had to stop taking the medications that I was on, right? That was what I initially was like, this has got to go. And that was the first time that I realized holy shit. And it's what you're talking about. I had horrific inner dialogue. I was so mean to myself forever on a diet forever, just trying to reduce the amount of food that I could intake to these. I mean, just absolute, the most minimum. I'm talking just tiniest amounts of food, just not even sustainable. Crazy, crazy behavior. Who let me think that was okay. I don't know. But growing up in the nineties, it's just like, how much can we just diet down to nothing? And the craziest, like eating a cheese cube. What are we doing? Anyways. So that was when I said, okay, I'm going to stop taking this medication, but holy crap. I am a middle-aged, not a middle-aged, middle, mid twenties. Don't even have any food eating patterns. Don't know how to take care of myself. What am I to do? So I hired a fitness coach and a wellness coach. And that was the first time that I had someone be like, you've got to stabilize. You've got to eat a certain, a consistent amount each day. And really focused on just getting good portions, healthy portions, balancing, you know, your your fats and your fiber and your protein, your carbs. Like I did not know anything because I was always just constantly, how little, how small can I be, right? So that was the first place that I started was with the physical body of just getting to some normalcy and just consistently taking care of my body, drinking a gallon of water a day, cutting back on... Just anything that wasn't serving me in the terms of social media. When I say diet now, I like to think, what are you consuming as a collective, right? Social media, reading, all the things. I went on the biggest self-development book. I am such a nerd. I love to read. (laughs) Um, I read every book under the sun. And one that I could recommend if you guys are very new to, or maybe not even super spiritual, you don't have to be. It's Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. It was a book that I read. It came to me at the perfect moment. It was like really close to after this event happened, and everything she said. And, and it's just a, it's an all around crowd pleaser. Great place if you want to dip your toes in. But also, she speaks to everyone, no matter what background, religious, spiritual you come from. It's just such a good book that you know that the universe does have your back, and that everything is working out for us. And we are just guided and supported and loved and held. And that to me was the foundation for my faith. And that really led me into this law of attraction manifestation mindset. Like I had never even heard of that. And I realized that I was my literal worst enemy. (laughs) I was horrible to myself. I was always saying the nastiest things. And I always tell people the first place to start, because I think your inner dialogue is a great place to start for a lot of people because it's the most personal part of you. And our thoughts, we have anywhere from, I don't know, 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day could be more could be less depending on the person. And our brain just recycles those same thoughts over and over because our brain's just going to choose the path of least resistance, right? It's just going to keep doing what he or she's always done, right? So in order for us to create, luckily, we can create new neural pathways, our brain is very malleable and our brain wants to change, right? There, there's just so much information that we can use to change our inner world, which is going to reflect on our exterior reality. But we can start with observing our thoughts. You don't have to become a master meditator. You can just say, what do I say when I look at myself in the mirror? Right? For me, it was a practice. I didn't even look at myself in the mirror. I, I never really like stared at myself in the mirror. I would just hurry, get ready, be like, well, it's it's going to get and then leave now I literally will stare at myself in the mirror and be like, I am so proud of you. I love you. You are the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Like literally I say everything that I hope when I was manifesting a partner, you literally have to give yourself everything that you were wanting to get from a partner. You got to give that to yourself first. And that was where I started with just fixing up, cleaning up my inner dialogue and being so kind and recognizing how would I talk to my best friend before she goes on a date? right? I'd be like, you're so beautiful, he's so lucky. He or she's so lucky. Whoever you're with is so lucky to be on a date with you. you're a queen, booty is popping, lip gloss on point. I mean, that's how you would talk. So why? I'm my own best friend now, but why would I talk to myself? like literally, I hate you, you're so ugly. You would never say that to your best friend ever. You would never say that. And that's just a really good way to personify what's going on inside of our head. Like we would never say these things to someone else. The person we love the most, we would never say it to them. Well, here's the thing. You have to love yourself the most before anyone else can truly have access to you or in a more intimate way. So if I love myself the most and I want to give myself that love, how I show up every single day and communicate and interact with myself has got to change. So I would say that was that was the most pivotal moment along with I love The Universe Has Your Back. That was the first book that I read that really opened me up. cracked me open more to this spiritual concepts. But I love that that's a part of your practice with coaching women as well, because now I have such a objective perspective on whenever something's going on with my body. I literally think of my body as like, this like inner child version of Anna Grace, and if something's going on, like my skin's breaking out, I used to be like, "Oh my gosh, what? You're you like your skin's breaking out? What? Are, blah, 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 blah. Like I gotta put all this makeup gonna cover it up, blah blah." And now I'm just very conversational. I'm like, "Okay, body, you're just doing what you're supposed to do. You're alerting me something's going on. I'm gonna tune in. I'm gonna actually show you more love because this is just a little, a little flare up. Something's going on. Maybe I'm like more bloated. Maybe I've gained a few pounds. Hey, it's okay." We're not going to get, I don't get activated by anything anymore. Like I used to, I'm just like, Oh, something's going on. I just need to pay a little more attention. My body actually needs a little bit more love from me right now. Like maybe I'm just so focused on other people or other things going on. How can I redirect that energy inwards? Cause my body's just trying to get my attention because my body loves me and is protecting me. So once you take that perspective, it really shifts things.
1: I think it's so cool. I want to point out This feels, sounds what someone who is more analytical or whatever might say is (laughs) woo-woo. Yes. (laughs) So this all, and that's okay. So what I want to say to someone who's like, this just sounds really woo-woo, you know, whatever, is like, okay, here's the deal. If it sounds that way, but you find yourself unhappy with yourself and you're not thriving, why don't you go ahead and implement some of these things and just see what happens? Even if it sounds kind of tacky, but you find yourself in a position where you're not thriving and you're not happy with you, then why don't you go ahead and try to implement some of these things and just see what happens? Like what's the worst possible outcome again? Because I know that this really can, you know, I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of like, how do we get people to buy into this thing? You know, And if you catch somebody at the right moment of desperation, you'll get them to do most things, right? <laughs> like if they're desperate enough. They're willing to try some pretty crazy stuff. But what if you don't have to be at a point of desperation to simply want things to be better, right? Like that's exciting. And so even if it's someone who's not desperate and miserable, but simply is not thriving, then these are actionable things that may sound a little woo-woo. And who gives a shit? If it makes you happier, better, kinder, like done, you know? Done. Oh, 100%.
0: And this is one of my favorite examples that I always love to give people to who maybe come from a more like scientific background. My dad growing up was an environmental scientist and he's now since retired, but he is someone that was spiritually curious, but definitely has more of a scientific mind and quantum physics and, you know, things in that nature. But one of my favorite, essentially there's this experiment, you guys, it's, it's super famous. You can look it up and I'll give the super fast version, but they took two cups of water and said, like, I love you, you're so beautiful, into one cup of water and said, All these kind, loving sent loving energy to this cup of water. They took another cup of water and screamed, like, I hate you, you're ugly, you're a piece of shit, blah, 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 you know, all these terrible things we tell ourselves, into these two cups of water, right? So they take the cups of water, they put them into the freezer and they freeze them, pull them out, and put them both under a microscope. Underneath the microscope, they could see that the one cup or the one little ice cube now that's frozen, the molecules had become the most beautiful, the one where they're saying all the kind words, the most beautiful crystalline structures, right? But then they switched and they put in the one that they said hateful negative energy to. And the crystalline structures were gnarled and damaged and broken. And just, they looked completely different than the one where positive kind words have been received. So think about it. We humans are made up of 70% water. So In some way, if we're directing negative energy to ourselves in the mirror every single day, we actually can affect our body on a cellular level, right? If we did it with these two cups of water and we're made up of water and negative energy can change this composition on some scientific level that I'm sure someone else could explain better than me, it is real. And it's crazy to think that if we're looping all this toxic, negative, ugly things in our mind then how do we expect our life to look beautiful on the outside? Ooh, okay.
1: So I think that's so cool to think about because we are 70%. That's so cool. Okay, so I want to now go a different direction of you have been a creator for a handful of years. And of course I was drawn to you because of the rainbow unicorn detail. Like I'm like, that girl is just a vibe, a vibe. Anyway, I want to know because you've been doing this for a handful of years, you have had some really cool opportunities. You've gotten to do some different things. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't come without struggle and confusion and whatever. And so I want to ask a couple of questions. I would love to ask more, but time's not going to let that happen. So let's start with one that's fun. And that is simply like, if you were to pinpoint one thing, one experience that you've had as a creator, as a direct result of being a creator that you're like, that was fucking dope. Um, What's that?
0: Hmm. Oh gosh. Um, okay, let me think about that. That's a really good question because honestly, I have done some really cool things over the years. Well, hmm.
1: You can even have like proximity bias if you need to. That's okay.
0: <laughs> okay. So you want to give you like a, I can give you a couple. Of just yeah. I mean, especially living in Nashville, I got to do cool things all the time. Like I got to hang out with Carrie Underwood, and I love her. She's like such a dream. I was on her team for influencer work. I would say. I mean, probably last year, Shannon and I got to fly out and do the whole Coachella um, with like Good Human. The Kardashians were there. I mean, just honestly getting to meet and be in the room with people who were just so star power is so cool that there were so many events that I got to be invited and see all of these genius creators. And then just be like, oh my gosh, I am here in this room with them. And I got invited and and someone paid me to be here or flew me out. Like that to me was always something that was so I mean, yes, I've done the collabs. I've done the blah, blah, blah times Anna Grace, or I've worn the clothes, or you know, I got a Duncan partnership at the height of TikTok, Charlie D'Amelio, Duncan. You know, those were like cool dream brands, like awesome. But I think it was the things that were in person where I got to really see and connect with people who were just literally living out their biggest star dream. Like I just really believe that we all have the power to be this biggest, brightest, most powerful, most famous version of self. Like if you've always had a dream of being seen, be seen. So I love being in the room with people that are not afraid to be seen because that's an area that I always want to step into even more of like, it's okay to be seen. It's okay. If I'm not perfect right now, it doesn't have to look a certain way for me to be seen. I think we all get stuck in that. Like I must be blah, 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 before I can be this person. And like, I am forever evolving and changing. and I've got to be in the room with some of the biggest names in the game. And I'm always like, every single time I'm like, wow, I'm, this is so cool. <laughs> I'm trying not <laughs> to <the> fangirl.
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. So then that leads me to the next one, which is, so if you started in 2015, that means it's 2023. You've had eight years now of creation. That's a hot freaking minute in this world. So... Can you kind of give me a little bit of context of your creative process? Because I'm sure that we could dive down the rabbit hole of like burnout and things and, and just confusion. And as your brand shifted from stylist to now suddenly I'm spiritual. I mean, you've undergone some shifts that have probably created a good bit of tension internally of like, what do I do here? You know? And so yes. I would love to be able to spend more time there. And I don't think we're going to be able to spend what I would like to. And that's okay. So I want to know, what is your creative process look like? Because you are still here. You are still creating, you are still doing, you have undergone these iterations and you're still doing the thing. And so, yeah.
0: Yes. So my creative process, I will say my best advice for someone, I have changed my creative process a million times through. Sometimes it's very strategic. Sometimes it's very spiritual. It's like, woo, it's changed. You know, it, it looks totally different. But my consistent piece that I always come back to is that I have gotten out of this mindset of I have to create this whole thing that's got to be this production and, you know, make it just carve out all this time to focus on it. I have shifted my brand identity to documenting. If you can undergo the mental transformation of, you know what, I'm just going to show up every single day and I'm going to document exactly what I'm doing, what I'm going through, what's on my mind, what lights me up, what am I drawn to in this moment? versus being like, I'm a fashion girl and I'm going to only talk about fashion trends, right? Sometimes we put ourselves in this box of it has to look this certain way or I must talk about these things. And I've completely thrown that out the window. I always wanna remind people that you're the brand, you're the niche, whatever you're into, people are going to also be into it too because you're excited about it. So I really, every single day, I'm like, what what do I actually wanna do today? Or what am I drawn to or what I'm lit up about? because I've gotten in moments where I try to only create content that I feel the consumer will want to see or what they want to hear. But most of the time it's not, it's it's really just whatever I'm into. And I think that was a big shift that I've gone through, especially with podcasting and everything now is that I really just document what I'm going through. And nine times out of 10 people are like, I'm, I feel the exact same way, or this is exactly what I'm going through. Or, you know, we're all, and literally, like you said, we're all in this together so my creative process has really become more of a process of documenting exactly where I'm at because I feel, especially for people who are just starting out, there's so much magic in. Hey, you're working a nine to five, but you want to start a side hustle. Okay, tell us what that looks like. Like, what are you, what are you doing every day without carving out more time to create content? You know, just take us along. We want to see how you balance it. We want to see how you manage your schedule. We want to see what your coffee order is. People just want to see what your day to day life looks like, and that to me takes a lot of pressure off of okay, I need to carve out an hour or two to do a photo shoot. I need to do this. And I just allow myself to document throughout the day. And if I get a good idea, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Because if you're having fun, people want to be with the people that are having fun. That's why people follow you. That's why your page, your energy is just so fun. Like I don't even CrossFit anymore. And I'm like, should I go back to CrossFit? (laughs) Because, and, and here's the thing, there's probably a lot of people that follow you that don't do CrossFit or do all these things, but they're just drawn to your energy because you're having a good time. So we have to stay in the energy of it has to stay fun and easy for you to keep it up on a consistent basis. Like, always, oh, some people don't make it harder for yourself. Just do you every single day, but also look for the things that light you up and that feel fun to you, whatever, whatever it is in the moment, because there are so many people that message me being like, I would literally never wear what you're wearing, but your energy is just so fun that I'm following along for just the vibes. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And so I literally will wake up and be like, who do I want to be today? What do I want to dress up as? Like every day is an opportunity to be someone. And like, who do I want to be? Like, how fun is that?
1: Guys, we didn't even spend time there on her. Like, you just have to, you have to go follow her because yes, like the vibes. Like if you like me, you're going to love Anna. Okay. (laughs) Um, But the vibes are great and you're going to get inspiration. I've always said that, that clothing is a form of creative expression. And that's like a fun thing about living in Austin is like people create or people express themselves through what they wear, and it's so fun. Anyway, so you'll get a lot of like inspiration that we didn't even get to go to today about mm-hmm. clothing and and whatnot. If you and it's yet again just a way to express yourself in such a fun way. So, have you ever gotten lost? Because I love that you're like you know just have fun with it, and and I so completely agree that if you're just enjoying the process, like that is going to come through so clearly. People sniff out bullshit so easily. And whenever you're not enjoying it, everybody knows it. And so that like should hopefully take pressure off of like, okay, just do what I do feel inspired to do. But have you ever gotten bogged down with too many roles and too many outside opinions along this journey? And like, what do you do to combat that? Because I know that that's literally something since I started Create Content last year, this is, I'm selfishly asking this question as I continue to do stuff. And I'm like, okay, wait a second. I've now taken in too many opinions of others, and I've now taken in, you know, what like what everybody else thinks I should be doing. And I've said yes to too many roles, and now I don't have the space to do the thing that we set out to do to begin with. And so it's just, it is relatable, and you've probably dealt with that too.
0: So what do you have to say to that? (laughs) Yes, I like that. It's a great question. So my best advice is that I would get a piece of paper and Mm -hmm. I would write out, what is my why? Why did I start? And allow the first sentence that comes to mind really why am I here because for me fashion and energy whatever it is I want people to show up as their most authentic version of self whether that's fashion whether that's energy whether that's whatever I want them to do the thing they've always wanted to do that's why I'm here and I want to connect people with their intuition those are like my key pillars as to I'm like I don't care if you're spiritual it doesn't matter I just want you to freaking be the best version of you so for you going back to what is my why why did I start Because there's been oftentimes that I'm like, all of a sudden, I know I started, but then I'm starting to do stuff and I'm like, over here. And I'm like, wait, somebody just like wanted me to do that or asked me to do that. Like, I don't, I'm getting away from my why. So literally writing out a mission statement to yourself in a way, and it doesn't have to be pretty, it can be fragment sentences, whatever, just jot down a couple of ideas. And remember, why did I actually start? And why am I actually here? And then I always like to break it into sectors of what is actually moving the needle And what is fluff or something that's people pleasing or something I think that I should be doing that I can take off my plate. And you can very quickly identify, okay, now that I have my why written out, this is actually not moving the needle for, for what I'm doing, because even though we want to give ourselves to all these people and help and do all these things, if we're not living in alignment with our why and our mission statement and why we're truly here, that's actually, we are doing a disservice. So we can flip the narrative like, oh, I don't want to be selfish or I don't want to do all these things. Like, no, I am an ironclad fence now and I know what is a distraction versus what's actually moving the needle. And and it really helps yourself to ask like, am I moving the needle right now or am I just getting busy because I'm just like to be busy because I I love to be a busy bee. I think I'm being productive, but I'm just busy. And that's actually, I actually need a lot of time to sit outside on the beach and do nothing and just meditate because that's actually what's moving the needle. Because that's really where I get the inspiration and the meditation where I can connect with people at a deeper level, right? Even though that used to feel selfish to me to take that time. But once you, and I really encourage people to write it all out on paper, like what is my why? What is my motivator? What is keeping me on this path? And what's draining my energy? Because I've got to keep all this energy into my own path. And you can very quickly start to identify. And if you struggle with that, everything that you've done in the last week, you can look backwards or the last month and do a time audit. Be like, wow, I really lost a lot of time here. And that actually didn't really move the needle. So now I know going forward, that's something that maybe isn't as uh, much of a priority as I thought. I love doing time audits. Look back at your calendar, if you're a calendar person, and just see like, okay, I love myself for showing up there. I love where my head was at. Didn't really move the needle. Didn't keep me connected to my why. Does mm-hmm. that answer your question?
1: Absolutely. I think that's very helpful. And I think that the time audit is a very tangible way to go about it along with the piece of I mean yeah I think definitely I think that one of the things that my boyfriend Eric has been creating online for a long time and has been undergoing some wanting to broaden the scope of what he does and and it's so exciting but through that comes just a ton of like how do we navigate this you know and then of course I'm new here so I'm constantly like how do I navigate this you know and so I think that one of the things that the two of us are really paying close attention to is our yeses and our noes And not that we're knocking it out of the park, doing it perfectly. There's a lot of things that we're working on right now, but both of us are like, is what we're saying yes to doing that move the needle thing? And are we saying no to enough things that would just be a people please situation or just literally like we are in a season of growth. We want to grow as humans. We want to impact more people. We want to empower people. We have the beautiful opportunity to do that. And so is saying yes to these things going to limit my capacity to do the thing I really want to do? And so saying no with love, you know, and and that's been something we've been really focused on. Yes. And like I said, not that we're crushing it at it, you know, but like we're aware of it and that's a great place to be. So That's a great
0: place to be. Yeah. I I do time audits constantly. It's an evolving looking back and be like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have done that. Maybe going forward, I need to make a little bit more time for myself in this area. It's a forever balance, but the awareness is all you need.
1: (laughs) It's definitely like we can go long and far with awareness. So yes. we're going to wrap up. I want to close out with a couple of things. One is I always like to get three things that you are grateful for today. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. We into gratitude practice around here.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always heard that you can't express gratitude and fear at the same time. So mm-hmm. if you're ever in a, in a, like, a weird headspace, mm-hmm. gratitude. You're like, you know what? That's right. I am thankful for my health. I'm thankful to be alive. I am thankful for my partner who holds space for me and loves me so deeply and shows me every day that I can be the best version of me and supports me. And I am thankful that the universe just gave me the most beautiful gift of a new home down the road that's closer to the water and the beach. And it it was a miracle and it just fell into my lap. And I'm so grateful because it was divinely orchestrated. And I just, I'm like me telling the world, thank you as many times as I can, because it was a gift.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I actually remember some stuff about you trying to figure out what the heck you were going to do too. So this is cool to get the later follow-up of like, hey, look, it worked out.
0: (laughs) It did. It did. It totally worked out. We're always guided. Never, never doubt that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like that. Since this has been a largely spiritual episode, I actually did a talk a couple of nights ago on fear. And in that, one of the things that came up that I stated that a girl referred back to later was that God will either protect you from it or care for you through it. And I really love that. And that is not something that, like, I got that from another human. That was not an original thought of mine. I just simply heard it, uh, you know, a handful of months ago and was like, oh, oh, I like that. And it meant something to me. And then I repeated it. And so, so maybe it'll mean something to someone else. I really like that. I love Okay. That. So my three gratitudes today are going to be I'm grateful that we have the space to be able to host people. We've got some people in town this weekend and um, they're new friends to me. And I just, grateful that we have the space to be able to like give people a safe space to be and get to connect with them and that just means a lot to me. I am grateful for the collagen that I put in my coffee. It's <laughs> mm. just it's salted caramel and it's good and I like it and I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a simple gratitude. Um but I'm not joking. We love a routine. We love a routine. So that's definitely a part of mine that I like I'm very grateful for. I and then it. last but not least is I did not do fitness yesterday. Yesterday was a Thursday and I didn't do fitness and I didn't feel guilt. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. I simply, it was like a rainy day all day. And I did a lot of stuff for work. I was very inspired. I read a couple of different books that I've been reading and enjoying. And just like the day was a good day and it got late enough in the day. I realized like, Oh, I'm probably not fitnessing today. And it's, it's such an ingrained part of my routine. And it's very important to my routine to move my body intentionally. I'm huge advocate of that, obviously. But I love that like this occurred yesterday and I wasn't like beating myself. Like it was very like, that's actually totally fine. Totally fine. That was cool. So I do want to ask too, your daily routine, because I think that you have come so far and I know that that's like, oh shit, that's probably like a whole other thing. But I do want to kind of hear like, what are some details of your routine? I mentioned, I love my collagen, right? So there are some things about your routine and maybe we don't have to go through every single detail, but just some standouts for you that are like, these things genuinely positively impact my day.
0: Yes. Okay. I love that so much. One, my favorite thing to tell people, do you know what your human design is? I have been asked this recently. I do not. Oh, I'm like convinced you're a manifesting generator, but get back to me on that. Okay. (laughs) Um, It is like a really cool, okay. First of all, this is my best thing. If people struggle with routine, check out your human design. I'm not the girl that's like, I will recreate my personality around a personality test. I'm actually like pretty anti, but this one just gave me so much room to play. And there are different types of routines that are aligned with certain personality types. It was like a permission slip for me to play in this, like, how do I want my routine to feel? Look, all the things. So always just like a fun little takeaway, but you got to tell me what yours is later. So my morning routine, I like to keep it short and sweet. I don't want to do too much because sometimes we can get really crazy with it. And I also create a specific one just for when I travel. So that when I know I'm at home, I got my home routine. When I travel, I don't totally fall off the wagon. Another good takeaway. Um, I wake up every single morning. I walk into the bathroom. I do my oil pulling, coconut oil pulling. That is so great. Um, I always say it's fantastic for the lymphatic system and also healthy digestion starts with a healthy oral microbiome that carries into like literally our eating. So I'm big with oral health. Um, I do oil pulling and I like swish cause you got to kind of swish it around for a minute. I make the bed, make the room look nice. I pick up anything that we need to, you know, sometimes Austin awesome, throws his clothes everywhere. And then I, once I'm done with my oil pulling, I go in, I get some filtered water, make sure you guys have some good filtered situation going on. I got my filter and I will make, sometimes I make a little concoction. Like I'll do, I have a vitamin C pack from symbiotica, which I've been loving, or like a little bit of salt squeeze a lime, something. I make a little concoction. And then I take that water. I go outside. I get in the sunshine. I just stare outside. I usually, I talk to the world. Like it's, I'm just like, good morning. The sun is shining. Oh, the trees look so pretty. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I, do. I put my feet on the grass. I do a little grounding. I do some like, I call it energetic protection. I just set the intention for the day. And that is really what my routine looks like from there. I love to do a little lymphatic drainage of the face and then I get some movement, and then I come back and do a little bit of makeup. And, and getting ready for me is a really, it's a very integral part of my day so that I'm gonna show up as the best version of myself. I'm more productive when I look cute. I always tell people that, you know, if I'm scruffy, I'm not gonna show up on camera and be my best self. So I like to get cute, and that's my routine. And movement changes day to day for me. I like to do, sometimes I like to go walking outside, sometimes it's more weight training. I really just ask my body, what do you need today? We, I'm just going to move in any type of way that's, whether it's releasing emotion or getting my heart rate up and just being in tune with what my body needs. And I like to ask my body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that might sound silly too, but the body knows.
1: Body mm-hmm. knows. It totally does. And whenever you can get in tune with it and let it do its thing, it's actually, uh, it, the relationship improves. I've certainly done a lot of work on that this last year. Walking is so great. I, I like force my clients to walk. Like I'm like, yeah, if you're doing high intensity stuff every day, like I'm sorry, but I need you to go for a walk and like not yeah. do that. You know, do yeah. that as well, but do this as well. And there can be days where that's all you do and that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. okay,
0: where can the audience find you support you where yet? Okay. One, thank you. You've been a fantastic interviewer and host, so I appreciate you having thank me you. on the show and yeah. reaching out. I am at Anna Grace Newell on all platforms, and my podcast is AG University, a school of intuition, a school from the cosmos. And if anyone's interested with connecting with me on a more one-on-one level or courses or any of the things, I always tell people to subscribe to my newsletter that goes out in my bio. Um, the readings and all of that stuff only goes out through my newsletter. I just like to keep that space super protected because there's there's always people soliciting making fake accounts of me saying, I'll do a reading for you, blah, blah, blah. So the real me is newsletter only. And yeah, that's everything. My website's annagracenewell.com.
1: Easy. Okay. All of that is going to be in the show notes, guys. So just go there to find her. And I am heavily encouraging you to do so. (laughs) You're welcome (laughs) in advance. (laughs) Um, Okay. Other than that, thank you so much for your time. Your time is incredibly valuable. You literally protect it and i am so proud of you for doing that and i am so grateful that i got to be included in it in this way and i think that this is going to be positively impactful for people which is the intention of conversations with claire so thank you if you are still here audience listener friend please if you wouldn't mind follow the show wherever you're consuming it rate and review it share it with someone that you think it will positively impact and last but not least we hope that you have a beautiful day we're going to be rude to yourself about pause before you go do that and simply ask,